0: Welcome to the Questionably Qualified podcast, continuing our preview of the 2023 NFL season. I did not have to lie on the interview to get this job, but that's also partly because I'm interviewing myself. Joining me as usual, we have Mike Yax, the co-host. Yaks, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing great. It's your, the biggest Ty- Tyson Bagent fan in America sitting at this desk right now.
0: Yeah, there's been some some big news in the NFL today. And and I think we should we should start there because I don't know if there's gonna be something more consequential this season than some of the quarterback movement that we've seen in Chicago and Arizona.
1: Yeah, it's August twenty eighth, so rosters have to be finalized by Tuesday the twenty ninth, tomorrow. So we've been seeing some um curious movement in the cuts department by the aforementioned teams with Chicago ties.
0: Yes, so the uh, the Chicago Bears cut PJ Walker, folk yeah. hero of the Carolina Panthers, a couple of years back.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
0: and they, that yeah. leaves the uh, the roster behind Justin Fields looking interesting.
1: Very good. Uh, you have at the third string the storied Nathan Peterman, who might be the worst person, worst quarterback that's played meaningful time still in the NFL.
0: I think that's absolutely true. I, I don't know how he can be that much worse than what we've actually seen him do in the NFL.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, st- and still be here. And still be here. Like, I, we've seen some people do. Yes. Uh, there's the, the kid from James Madison, might still be around. I can't remember his name. Ben DiNucci. DiNucci uh yeah. And I, if he gets cut, then yes, then it's definitely Peterman. And it still might be even with DiNucci, <laughs> who was. A disaster. But sure. I,
0: and you have your Kendall Hintons who are forced into emergency duty.
1: <laughs> yes, of course. And like I'm talking like guys who make the roster. Like I'm sure Ben DiNucci's not this might be his last year to like lurk on a practice squad somewhere. I'm talking like gonna make the roster. And if Peterman makes the roster then for sure. Right. But he's listed at the as the third on the depth chart. I'm not sure if that will change. I don't know what preseason depth charts mean. But the second person on this depth chart is none other than the storied quarterback from Shepherd University, a place that is totally not made up.
0: Tyson, <laughs> I thought it was a job, a, a, like a a job. His <laughs> yeah. prior job was, was Shepherd when I was first looked at it.
1: Tyson Bajent.
0: <laughs> Tyson Bajent, born in the year two thousand.
1: <laughs> yep, went to shepherd university which is you'd say oh maybe that's an fcs school and there's only one person that would know it probably isn't that's kyle Bose. you'd say that's probably a d2 school <laughs> You're right, he is, would know. yeah it exact. it definitely is a division two school
0: yeah he was uh S- shepherd is apparently a member of the psec
1: of course that's a <laughs> league that exists <laughs> And then you're like, okay, he's a D2 guy. And I'm like, oh, he, maybe he played in the XFL or something, or the AAF. And, like, we've seen some meaningful pro time out of him. I'm fucking right. wrong again. He graduated last year. And then you're like, all right. So, he's coming out of the D2, he's probably, like, far and away the best quarterback in D2. You know what? You would be right if this was 2021, because he right. won the coveted Harlan Hill Award a thing that you all knew existed.
0: Yeah, Harlan Hill. If someone had told me I w- that it was the name of a football player, I I, I might have been like, "That sounds familiar." But I, if without that context, I would have thought maybe a Confederate general or <laughs> you know, like something along those lines.
1: It probably still is. Like you're not. You're probably <laughs> not wrong. I didn't look up idea. Harlan Hill, but he probably <laughs> is that. No, he was beat out this year by John Matocha. The starting quarterback <laughs> for the Colorado School of Mines, the ore diggers.
0: <laughs> That's a good name for the School of Mines, I suppose.
1: I'm just like, I mean, the Colorado School of Mines, great, great football program out there. This is completely asinine. The idea that this person would maybe be better than PJ Walker is a complete joke. The idea that Nathan Peterman's better than him is a complete joke and the only thing I have to say is that is it Matt Eberflus must be a, must be a stupid person that thinks he's very smart because it's Tyson Bajent! <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> this is so stupid.
0: I mean, I know what I'm doing. Right now I'm watching Tyson Bajent highlights on Bleacher <laughs> Report. <laughs>
1: you're you're on the nfl shop getting your custom beijing jersey sent to your <laughs> yeah, house the,
0: the uh the video that they have here on bleacher report is a whopping 59 seconds long
1: yeah big time <laughs> that's, <So> that's... <laughs> the one good throw from his one televised game
0: yep this one this one is shot from behind the uprights so i've got the upright <laughs> partially blocking the shot <laughs>
1: It's unbelievable, and like I know, it's not like a really like an important position, but yeah, come on, like I I can't I struggle to explain that.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one, and and I think it, it, the best explanation is the one that definitely seems to be the case in Arizona, where they cut Colt McCoy.
1: This is so completely ass backwards for a team that was is trying to win games that I like. I really can't explain this one.
0: And who does that leave as the number two quarterback in Arizona now?
1: So three days ago, they signed Joshua Dobbs, you know, storied NFL ball thrower, Josh Dobbs.
0: Yep, the one who we literally had to look up the other day because we couldn't remember who it was that came in an emergency duty for Tennessee.
1: And he uh, is on the depth chart, the backup to Kyler. So this dude's been there for three days. Cole McCoy got, like, basically all the first team reps in preseason and the whole coaching staff is basically punting on the season because they also announced that uh Kyle is gonna open the season on PUP or the physically unable or the other one. I don't know the I don't remember the designation Yeah, I forget what the name of
0: that one is, but yeah. So
1: he can't play for the first four games. So you flush the person you are gonna start all the games down the fucking toilet for Josh Dobbs, who what are we even fucking talking about? Another a fifth round pick out of Houston that's never played and the GOAT, um fucking David Blau. Just what are, what are we doing? That like you're just you they just this is just we need Caleb Williams. That's what yep. it is.
0: Yes, so so yeah sandwich between Josh Dobbs and David Blau, you have the the inexorable Clayton Toon.
1: Oh uh, that's a real person that I know about
0: uh he was a four year starter big surprise there at Houston, has a knack for putting the ball in a bucket on vertical routes. He has thrown 30 interceptions over the last three seasons, 35 games, and also needs to tighten up his ball security habits when pass rushers get near him. So, ooh, it gets gets even better. Uh, I would say (laughs) shades of John Navarre, Lack of true athleticism shows up on the move. A tight-hipped mover with heavy feet.
1: (laughs) Is he also... 6'8 and runs a six second forty because I'm pretty sure that was John Navarre.
0: <laughs> Tragically, he's a little more normal size than that.
1: An, a- an Arizona favorite. He was also a yep. Cardinal.
0: He sure was. Mm. He sure was from the University of Michigan. I remember him well. Yeah. So I think I think it's pretty clear that both these teams are in the. If it doesn't work out with our our you know presumed starting quarterback, then we're punting on the season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, it must be that. But it's like, it, yeah. I guess it makes sense for the Cardinals because the regime currently there didn't draft Kyler. But it's also, like, kind of like a huge bummer because <laughs> I so yes. badly want Kyler to be good. And I think Cliff Kingsbury was an aloof fucking weirdo. And, like, after people figured out his offense, he didn't really do anything in the front office. Didn't really do anything. I don't know, man. Wild yeah. times.
0: So that's that's where the teams that my wife and I support sit coming into the <laughs> season. So that should be a lot of fun. The Lions are really, are really leading the way for the three of us there.
1: Forward down the field, baby. I think we also established that the Cardinals GM is dumb as rocks, right? Didn't he tamper to get the yes. coach from Philly? We established that. So it makes sense to me that somebody that, that – like literally the only two things – he has done since becoming GM is have a third round pick swap with the Eagles, which essentially was a second for a, a third because they right. were at the bottom and you're at the top. <laughs> and then he caught your starting quarterback for the first four weeks of this season. Right. So this guy is a fucking idiot. I mean, or I mean, it just, it just sucks when you're like, so bla like this team is going to be just a disaster to watch like no one's going to want to watch them tell cat I'm i'm grieving for the, the lost season because this is going to be yes very, like this is going to be like watching like 2008 era lions like no hope everything is a, a monstrosity and you don't know if any of the coaches you have are any good you don't know if, like, many of the players you have are any good. Like, what do they have to look forward to? Like, Buddha Baker will be out the building before they're even close to being good. So, the franchise in total disarray. I mean, it's, you know, it's Colt McCoy. Like, we shouldn't be over, <laughs> over sad about losing Colt McCoy, but it's just, like, to put yeah. your franchise such a rudderless position it's just it's inexcusable to me like that's just insane i think
0: it sends a rough message to the rest of the team i would say it's safe to say that (laughs) yeah i think so yeah all right well that's that's our big our big update in terms of roster news around the league uh today's episode will be covering the nfc east so we might spend some more time on the incredible bears qb situation when we get to the nfc north but for tonight we'll be doing the nfc east i was able to find a beer to to represent it which isn't too surprising i thought we were doing the afc
1: north is that wrong
0: okay so change of plans we're going with the afc north for today's episode and we will start with last year's pittsburgh steelers i think that's a good starting point because i think they came into last season with probably the lowest expectations of the teams in this division and i think kind of in normal steelers fashion they exceeded them and managed to finish above 500 what are your thoughts coming into the season in terms of where you, what what do you think the ceiling is for this team? Because I think that's the most interesting bit to to try to figure out.
1: Um, yeah, I'm not like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's very high, (laughs) right? Like, uh, you know, unless they can become more dynamic on offense, which I really, I don't see how they do unless, you know, Pickett takes a big step in the off season. But, uh,
0: yeah, I think that's a good point cuz I think that that's sort of the the only downside of maximizing your your talent for a given year is that 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 doesn't leave as much room above that to to improve. And so I think you ran into that a little bit coming into this season where let's say you get, you know, a step forward from Pickett, which would make sense cuz he was a rookie last year. But their offense last year finished 18th in DVOA. Their defense finished 12th, and they had a lot of games lost from TJ Watt, which is obviously not going to help. Their offensive line finished kind of middling in most metrics. And perhaps most importantly, they were the healthiest team in the league in terms of adjusted games lost. So that bit you're probably going to have some regression on. And they didn't make – I don't think they made the kind of changes you would want to see on the offensive side of the ball if you were really hoping for – a total turnaround,
1: yeah, like you don't see any kind of big skill position splash that you kind of want to see because you know I mean, I think Jalen Warren looked really good, I think um you know you you want the other kid, uh Naji Harris to mm-hmm. look a little bit better, so and I think they had a lot of difficulty on the offensive line, like creating that kind of running lane, so they did address yep. that in the draft, um and that's so weird that it. Because to me, they don't feel like the healthiest team just because of, like, with T.J. Watt off the field, they're awful. And when he's on the field, they're so good. So it's like, did it matter if they were so healthy when it's like, it just matters that that he was out, which it was. It's kind of wild because, you know, like the kind of impact that he has. But he's, you know, one of the best pass rushers in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, truly, I think the case for Watt is that he might be even more impactful than someone like Nick Bosa, which seems wild to say. But then you see the splits when Watt is involved and when he isn't, and it's even more incredible than what you see the Niners step back with the season that Nick Bosa was out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it to me. It's like the comparisons more like when Khalil Mack was like on the Bears,
0: right? Where it's right.
1: like you know Nick Bosa is awesome, but that defense has been kind of a unit for a while, so mm-hmm. they can kind of pick the slack up in a lot of ways
0: yep exactly so the other bit that i think kind of holds back any chance they might have at a a dramatic improvement there is that they kept their oc from last season matt canada who it's not like he's the worst coordinator around but i think he's sort of reached the the ceiling of what his office is going to do i think similar to another team that we'll talk about here later with baltimore who did make a change with their oc but without that sort of change i don't know why you'd expect a dramatic improvement there
1: yeah and like obviously we have to like acknowledge that Mike Tomlin like really just keeps a steady ship and a dude like never finishes below 500 <laughs> right like it's pretty pretty amazing you know I also like to shout out Terrell Austin I loved him when he was in Detroit and I thought his time ended unjustly but I'm glad he's got another opportunity in Pittsburgh a unit that's pretty good
0: Yep, I think that's a good note to wrap up the Steelers bid on because, as you said, they don't finish under five hundred with Mike Tomlin there, (laughs) and their over under is set at a very neat eight point
1: five. I wonder what we're gonna pick on this one. I I, I mean, I do want to see like who, what the. I always forget like who is who the schedules.
0: Yes, that's true. That's a good point. And the AFC North this season, to me, I think looks even better than it was last season. If you expect any sort of improvement from Deshaun Watson with you know more recent playing time, and with if you if you're expecting the Ravens to be a little better put together on offense with a healthy Lamar and also a happy Lamar, then suddenly that's six games in your division that should all be pretty pretty massive slugfests.
1: Yeah, it's such a yeah, it's a wild division the parody against each other is always kind of is always seems to be there like yeah yeah. there's these, a really fun stat yeah. about the
0: browns versus the Bengals. like for some reason that's the one team that the the new joe burrow version has had, still struggled with terribly right. so it looks like they get the nfc west which is <coughs> as we discussed bad. sort of a split bag yep two of those games should be pretty darn easy
1: yeah and the afc south it looks like
0: so that's nice
1: is that yeah. Yeah, so that's not a bad draw at all.
0: Yeah. And with that in mind, I think I'm pretty solidly on the I think they'll go nine and eight at least again. Just it's Mike Tomlin plus a schedule that's not criminally difficult. So I think unless they go like zero and six in the division, which they just won't. Like you said, this division seems to beat each other up all the time. I, I think they'll probably be able to get to nine.
1: I like it too. You know, they they lost they lost a little bit. They lost the uh, the corner to Detroit. I'm blanking on his name right now. Added. I can't remember. Add like a 50-year-old Patrick Peterson, so that's always going to be fun. You're going to see him in Pittsburgh, like be who Minnesota wanted him to be last year. Uh, the guy I was thinking of, I think is Cam Sutton. He yep. went to Detroit.
0: Yeah, and you also might think there might be some regression at some point, uh, some age-related regression for Hayward along their defensive line but he seems to just keep plugging away
1: yeah he rules yeah i love his brother (laughs) went to michigan states on the team and plays like a gadget tight end position so that's hilarious so hopefully they use him. it'll be fun it'll be fun to watch
0: yeah absolutely all right so we're both over on the steelers uh let's go ahead and move along let's do the cleveland browns next because i think they probably have the highest variance in the division And almost all of that is tied to the play of Deshaun Watson, who nobody really wants to talk about for good reason. And if we're just going to talk about it from a football standpoint, I think the place that I would start is they started two quarterbacks last season. One of them was Jacoby Brissett, and one of them was Deshaun Watson. And for one of their 10 years, they were a top five offense by DVOA. And for one of their 10 years, they were one of the worst passing games in the NFL. (laughs) And if you had told me that before the season started, I, I would definitely have would have thought it went. that Brissette.
1: I would have picked the way it went because this guy is a fucking bum. <laughs> God. No, I mean, I obviously wouldn't have, but...
0: Once Watson took over, their offense really nosedived and their defense certainly wasn't good enough to hold them in it. So that's the biggest question, obviously, coming into the season, is does Deshaun Watson, with recent playing time raise their offense to the levels that it seems like it should be at with a good offensive line with nick chubb with amari cooper with david njoku you think with that plus a good coach we have a head coach there who calls plays and who has gotten pretty good performances out of some not entirely inspiring quarterbacks and i don't include brissette in that i actually think Brissett's pretty solid but he's had some some not great quarterbacks there and he's gotten good offenses out of them So you'd think that the ceiling would be really high for this team if they got a version of Watson that we saw back before any of this happened.
1: Yeah, I mean... (laughs) We spent a fair amount of time kind of in this region just like culturally in the Midwest. I don't feel like you could be this much of a fucking scumbag. You know, you saw some of that gross stuff that the fans were doing like, I don't know, they showed it all over television. If you're not Aware what happened, you can look it up if you want. It was pretty grotesque, but I don't know. Maybe you go to a place where, like, football is like a huge thing and you can overcome something like this, but it just feels to me like he's gonna crash and burn and bring this dumb fucking franchise. It's not a real franchise, it's not the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are the Baltimore Ravens. Like, this is not really the Cleveland Browns. This is some pretend dog shit organization that's going to crater under like the pressure of bringing this just ridiculous person and paying him the most money that any quarterback has all been guaranteed paid. all guaranteed it's not going to work and i think mostly because it's this franchise could can't sustain it and it, they can't sustain this pressure of this and it's going to blow up in their faces because it has to because it's the Cleveland Browns and I don't really have more than that and I'm also rooting for it to fail. Yeah, I mean if you take what he did on the Texans and put it here, it should work fabulously. They should be a great offense. But he looked like garbage last year and I I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm yeah. rooting for him to still look like garbage.
0: Yeah, but. I think mean, that's I think that's very fair. I think I think everyone should be And to your point, I think, you know, I went on a long long analytical breakdown of why the Jets won't succeed this year in the AFC East version of the pod. And I kind of left out the fact that at the end of the day, the other thing to consider is that this is the Jets. So if someone thinks, oh, the Jets are just going to turn it around with one addition of a player... There's a lot of history that suggests that it doesn't work that easily. And the same thing very much goes for the Browns, where if you're looking at it and saying, oh, they're, you know, the range of outcomes here is pretty wide, it, it usually falls on the lower end of those outcomes.
1: I think that's right.
0: <laughs> Do you think that former Detroit Lions head coach Jim Schwartz will be able to turn around a defense that ranked 23rd in defensive DVOA last season, despite employing Miles Garrett?
1: What I think is that he is the perfect person to just stoke tensions because he's a pretty much a huge doofus, and they're not. I don't know. I I think he stinks. <laughs> he had two pretty good. He had two good stints in like Buffalo and Philly, but I think he stinks, and I think he he, he beat Detroit as well. Was he the defensive coordinator in Buffalo? And they yep. carried him off the field like he was fucking Rudy. This guy's a, this guy a bum. They beat Detroit with like five field goals when we stunk. Was, I don't <laughs> know. Jim Schwartz sucks. You take the wide I agree. Nine. I don't think
0: the wide nine is enough to turn everything around. Uh, just lining your guys up a little wider. That's probably <laughs> yeah. probably yeah. do it on
1: yeah. Its own. Yeah. Yeah. This is what you should do. You know what? We should take our best player and make him do something he hasn't been doing his whole career. That sounds like a good recipe to make your defense better. Sounds good. Hey, Miles Garrett, why don't you do something different? I hope he fucking bops Jim Schwartz on the head. Same way he got
0: Mason Rudolph. (laughs) Fucking loser. (laughs) Uh, I do, too. I would love to see that. Yeah, I would love
1: to see that. That would be amazing.
0: With that in mind... The Browns have an over/under set at nine point five, one full game higher than the Pittsburgh Steelers, which seems a little insulting considering the Browns were seven and ten last season and the Steelers were nine and eight. I feel pretty happy going under nine and a half for the Browns.
1: I'm yeah, I'm smashing the under all day on these jabronis. Well, you didn't think you don't think Alex Van Pelt's um, con- contributions to the offense are going to bring him over the top this year?
0: Yeah, I just don't. I don't know that that's going to be the the piece that does it all on its own. There. <laughs>
1: that's a that's a Joe Lombardi sounding ass name if I ever heard one. What does Alex <laughs> Van Pelt do for this team? Get Kevin Stefanski <laughs> coffee. God, I hate the Browns. I'm just. I'm so spicy after all this Shepherd University talk.
0: Yeah, and also after you know the. Among a whole lot of clowns that are the owners of these NFL teams, the Browns ownership is right up there with the clowniest of them all.
1: Yeah, I don't even I I don't even know about that.
0: So Uh Jimmy Haslam, I believe well, yeah. inherited his fortune from Flying J. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's like a series of gas stations, I believe, and there was a big <laughs> class action lawsuit because I think that they were shorting the amount of fuel that they were providing to to places and hoping no one noticed for a while.
1: Of course. Why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah. So really, really crushing it. But you got to pay for that Deshaun Watson contract somehow.
1: <laughs> uh, he's got to be iced out by every owner in the league. But either the Cleveland Browns will fold in 10 years or or they'll be sold and moved to like Mexico City. That's so it, true. Right, you know all right. the
0: other owners hate.
1: Oh, hate they hate him. him. <laughs> they hate him. They have to. That contract was an abomination the second it was signed.
0: Yep, just ruin ruined QB negotiations. I know the Ravens do. I mean, they already hate oh, the Browns. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the whole Lamar Jackson contract, they're like, none of this. Half of this wouldn't be an issue if it weren't for that stupid contract that you gave someone who was in the middle of twenty plus counts of sexual misconduct.
1: <laughs> I just hope they suck.
0: Do you think Lamar Jackson brought that to the table when he said, "You know, hey, I would like my contract what fully is? guaranteed, and also, More I have no that, sexual misconduct claims against me."
1: I have won an MVP and won playoff games. Deshaun Watson has done none of that. Yeah. Oh my god, I, I hate times. the NFL sometimes.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot about it that, that can that can really make you hate it. But I'm still very much looking forward to the first game of the year.
1: Oh, for sure. And that's coming up, baby. Four down the field. It sure is. Lions sure seventy five to nothing.
0: <laughs> okay, so on that note, let's go ahead and transition to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson has his new contract. Seems happy. He's got Odell Beckham Jr. this year. He's got a new offensive coordinator and Todd Munkin taking over for Greg Roman. The Ravens went 10 and 7 last year and then played a I think surprisingly competitive game against the Steelers or uh, sorry against the Bengals given that it was Huntley I believe filling in at quarterback in, for Lamar Indeed
1: was that did he is that when they had the 98-yard fumble return Yes Oh my god that was god. that game that that poor bastard
0: Yep so they almost knocked off the Bengals in the division around pretty impressive uh so last season they finished 10 and 7 they finished 7th in total DVOA, 7th on defense third on special teams where justin tucker just keeps just keeps being the godiest kicker there is and they somehow finished 12th on offense despite the games that lamar jackson missed so with that in mind and with the fact that they have a new offensive coordinator in place what reasons do we have to think that the ravens would take a step back from last season because i think looking at that on its face you would say wow they were 10 and 7 last year if they get a healthy lamar season this team should be at least 12 wins or something like that
1: yeah they added like if odell beckham jr is healthy and like zay flowers everyone is saying that he's like the real deal he's a wide receiver they drafted and like that kind of takes care of a historically thin position group they've had yeah, I th- I mean, honestly, I do think they will be better. I'm not sold on a Todd Munkin. Like, I'm, so- come on. Like, when you think about, like, what you want to do with that offense and you think about his body of work, I just don't understand why you would, like, if you want to grab somebody that coached at Georgia University the last three seasons, like, the offensive coordinator doesn't, like, stick out to you. <laughs> And like thinking about like what he wanted to draw for Stetson Bennett the fourth and what like Lamar kind of wants to do, you would think they would go somewhere else, like someone that's more kind of forward thinking and how they run the offense, especially with such a dynamic player like Lamar. But I just I don't know if Todd Munkin is that. Like the last time he was in the NFL, he's with Fred Kitchens and the Browns, and like
0: that's that's a tough look. Yeah.
1: That that wasn't a, that wasn't like the greatest thing you've ever seen. Like Freddie Kitchens didn't he call plays some of the time too? Like I don't know, dude. I, I it was a kind of a head scratcher for me to looking at that. But I don't know, maybe Harbaugh's are all like megalomaniacs. Maybe <laughs> and you like can't have somebody that's like I don't know too cool uh, or something. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think so that's a good point. I think I think the case that you would make if you thought they were gonna take a step back is Munkin ends up being different but not better than Greg Roman. Your offense looks good coming into the season, but Beckham Jr. can't stay healthy, Rashad Bateman can't stay healthy again, you're down to just Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews catching passes, and there's just not that much of a difference from the last couple seasons that we've seen out of their offense. Even with that in mind, I know they've had some secondary injuries but their defense, once they added Roquan Smith from my Bears last season, really took a step up, and I kind of feel like they're going to be right there again this season.
1: Yeah, I think that is probably true. Like they kind of—I mean, I think Justin Houston was okay for them. They lost him and Clay's Campbell, but they got the—they got like eight games of Jadavian Plowney <laughs> that maybe will be good for them. So I don't know. Yeah, I think they've been. Good so long on defense that I'm not, I'm like, yeah. And Roquan is, he's a beast. He's like,
0: yeah, that dude's legit.
1: He's like, he feels like most of the reason that some teams have started, like, either paying interior linebackers like insane contracts that you don't understand, or like the Detroit Lions <laughs> drafting them in the first round. Like, I feel like he's kind of the reason why that's happening because he's been awesome. I mean, there are some other guys. There's, that come to mind like the dude uh in San Francisco, in San Francisco.
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah they're beastly yeah there's yeah exactly okay so with that in mind their over under this season is set at 9.5 so the same as the Browns again feels pretty insulting and I mean I think I think I feel like I gotta go over on that one partly just because if it goes under I feel like it'll be because it's a depressing reason like Lamar gets hurt in week two and they just struggle the rest of the year
1: yeah, there was another. There's, yeah, it, it feels kind of like Miami that way, but it's yeah. not a similar history. Like right, like Lamar was For sure. Quote hurt last year, but like we all know he like kind of wasn't right.
0: Yeah, there's some doubt there about like, whether he would have been playing through that. Exactly.
1: So I'm gonna go over on this one too, even though I I do have some Todd Munkin related questions, but um, I think with more with more weapons and hopefully some of them stay healthy. I think Lamar is going to have a a legitimate season.
0: I agree. Let's move on to the fourth and final team in the AFC North for this preview, the Cincinnati Bengals, the team that has probably been Kansas city's biggest rival in the AFC. No offense to the bills, but the Bengals have been the ones who have really played them the toughest. I feel like, and a team that I still can't figure out how I feel about the non-defensive coordinator coaching of, which is a weird thing to say about a team that's been this good for this long last season the Bengals went 12 and 4 they had the fourth ranked offense and the 11th ranked defense i think that 11th rank on defense undersells it a little bit just because it seems like d coordinator lou anarumo is able to dial up very specific game plans for their best opponents and really do some some wild shit and they come into this season with an over-under of 11.5. So they are right there with the Bills in terms of, I think, we decided the second-highest over-under in the league.
1: Yeah, I think only Kansas City is
0: 12.5. Yep. Oh, actually, I was wrong. Both, both Cincinnati and Kansas City have 11.5, so they're oh, tied so for the number bills one are spot. are 10.5. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's a big number.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: With that in mind, the biggest question for them is going to be Joe Burrow's health because with that calf injury, he sustained in preseason, which nobody thinks is going to be a big deal and I believe that until either he doesn't look quite right or in week three he takes off for a scramble and aggravates it and now we've got a bad calf on Joe Burrow but what do you think about some of the offseason stuff they did in terms of how it might impact their team that that went so far last year and just barely missed out on beating the Chiefs
1: yeah you were talking about how they were so like creative on defense and I think it was kind of necessitated by the fact that they, like, don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Like, they got, you know, one of the a, a bottom five, like, sack rate. And they lost a ton of guys out of their secondary, um, most notably Jesse Bates and Tom Bell. And they really didn't replace them, like, in free agency. Um, I think they signed some guy, Nick Scott, that I don't really know of from the Rams. But they had some like a lot of depth last year. Like a lot of high round picks behind those two guys. And they're just gonna I guess step up and play and we're gonna kinda see what's up, <laughs> you know. Uh they did draft, you know, a cornerback from Michigan and a safety from Alabama in the second and third round to try to replace some of that depth. But like there's not a lot a ton of game tested depth in their secondary, and I think that was a huge, huge strength for them last year. So it could be kind of interesting to see, you know, if your boy Luan Harumo can figure it out next year, I don't think there's a chance in hell he's sticking around for the year after that, because if he can make it work again with that much, you know, that that much
0: turnover on that side,
1: exactly, then he truly is going to be awesome. And
0: yeah, it's kind of surprising that he's back again just this season but yeah to your point I mean their best pass rusher is Trey Hendrickson who is a solid player but I think the best description I've heard about the way he plays is that he gets a lot of his sacks are like the cleanup sacks where there's good enough coverage he keeps working he eventually is the one he gets the quarterback he's not one of those true physical freaks who's just you know sidestepping your tackle and taking your quarterback down in the first two seconds of a play
1: and they did try to, like, draft a kid out of Clemson, this, uh, I think, Miles Murphy. And I was like, oh, man, let's see. You know, they they have such low pressure rate last year. Like, let's see, like, where he's looking at the depth chart. And I've said before, like, you don't ever know. Preseason depth charts are kind of bullshit. But this kid is, like, third on the depth chart at his position. I'm like, it's a first-round pick that's, like, buried that far on the depth chart. For a team that doesn't really give pressure, I'm like, Oh damn, like what's going on?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a bad bad loss of draft capital there.
1: Yeah. And they did lose, you know, their perennial tight end Hayden Hurst, but I mean, it doesn't does it really matter with the other guys that got catching the ball. Probably not.
0: Right. Yeah, so I think that's a good point that you know, the offense can only be so bad. If Burrow's healthy, then this offense is gonna be really, really good again their schedule won't be too bad based on the the other conferences they or the other divisions they've drawn but they do have to play the first place schedule which makes things a little bit trickier and to me that's enough that i'm tempted to go under on them because 11 and a half is a big number and you know they only made it only in in heavy quotes there made it to 12 and 4 last season so between those losses on defense and then maybe maybe burrow misses a game or just isn't quite himself for a game or two and i feel like that could be enough to drop him down to 11 and 5 or or, or sorry ah, still still went six. back to the old 16 game yeah. man dropping down to 11 and 6 or 10 and 7
1: yeah i think we see a lot of like you know i've been scratching my head at what some teams have done but you kind of look at you know this division and it's like There's not really an outlier of people that like did so little to get bad. I mean, unless you take into account, like I think the Browns didn't really do anything to kind of, they're just banking on Watson being better essentially. But the other, you know, and, and this team maybe got a little bit worse and the other two teams got better. So I'm inclined to kind of agree with you that like,
0: and if that's the case, then we're talking about a small step back. A record of eleven and six or ten and seven, and still a team that I very much do not look forward to playing in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Oh, I guess oh, now I'm like, Can I get better. Not really.
0: <laughs> no, they're they're just counting on development in a second year from a QB, yeah. which, like Same, I said, I mean, yeah. you do expect some if they're not being coached by Joe Judge and Matt Patricia on that side of the ball.
1: uh <laughs> oh, poor Mac had such a sophomore slump, man. None of it was his fault.
0: Yeah, that or that or Joe Lombardi. Those are the ones that can really really depress your your development there. Oh,
1: these guys still all still have jobs. Do we oh we haven't done the NFC East yet, but that storyline. Oh my god. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that'll be a fun that'll one be when we get hilarious. to
1: get to. I'm gonna go off. I think I'll do the Eagles the whole time. <laughs> I mean seriously <laughs> we though. We could do that. Yeah. That I mean that that storyline with Matt Patricia and Darius Slay at the same spot again is an absolute is absolute nonsense. But uh, I think that I'm. Ah, uh, uh, man. Yeah, I was gonna go. Uh, I want
0: to be. I different. can't decide based on their schedule. I'm their going, schedule is yeah, throwing me for a loop. It's just because
1: of like this division. This division is insane. Like you never know. Like, yeah, like if they go three and three in division, like it's gonna be a really rough time for them to get to that twelve wins. Right. Let's say if they go four and two. It's still kind of like you're taking two losses. Uh, I don't know. I I like him to No, I oh.
0: And this brings up I think my favorite point about the parity in the division which you've talked about is that for some reason the Bengals have struggled mightily with the Browns since Joe Burrow arrived, which doesn't make any sense as they've ascended with him, but I believe that Burrow's first season was 2020. Yeah, they, they lose both games to the Browns. And they kinda stunk that year to be fair. Yep. But then they play them again the next season and lose both games to the oh, Browns. Oh
1: my gosh. <laughs> that's and amazing. last
0: season they split with the Browns. They got absolutely trounced by them early in the season, thirty-two to thirteen.
1: That's the... Uh... <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and then
0: picked up a December win over them twenty three to ten. So I just it don't I just don't know. It's such a weird that's one of the weirder ones to me of like the, the random rivalries that has a strange outcome.
1: Yeah. That's the Jacoby percent difference
0: there. <laughs> there you go. That makes sense. It, actually, you know what this one does remind me of? This reminds me of the dolphins being the team that would randomly beat the Patriots year after year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm trying to like, they did. So a reason for them to be better is they did add Orlando Brown from Kansas city. Um, and he's, like, an amazing tackle. So, that, like, you know, just making that offensive line a little bit better, that's something that that could help them. But, yeah, but it's, when you look at offense, like, we're, they don't really have that much, like, how much better can they be on offense? <laughs> like, you know, uh, probably not that much. And it's his right calf. And, like, that's a lot of push-off. So, I'm going under. I'm going to take under. I, it's I'm boring when we pick all the same, though. So, I was tempted to yeah. go over. I yeah. just put me in for over, put me in for over. <laughs> okay, Whatever. okay. Just, just to I mean, make it more fun.
0: Their schedule has, like like you said, like it's get, it, if they struggle in the division at all, then it's going to be tough. And then they get the Chiefs, which is always tough. But we we know that they can beat them. We've seen them do it. They get the Jaguars, who again, like they can be tricky, but I don't think they're at the Bengals' level yet. The 49ers are scary, unless the 49ers this year don't have a randomly magical season from Brock Purdy. Like, what if he, you know, pumpkins a little bit? Suddenly that team's not as scary.
1: And we, we missed another a Q, another chance on a QB carousel. The idea that, I think everyone was like, um, when Sam Darnold won the backup job, everybody was like, oh yeah, they're going to trade Trey Lance. I don't think anybody thought they were going to trade them to the Dallas Cowboys. Yep.
0: Like, did, definitely is, did not see that coming.
1: That's asinine that's you know jerry reminds you every once in a while that like he's still got some of the old nfls still there where you're like what is going on like oh man that's amazing though
0: all right well that'll wrap it up for that division the afc north is finished we'll be coming back next with the nfc east so we'll be covering the cowboys eagles giants and commanders not defenders i got it right this time and then we're wrapping up with the NFC North before the season starts.
1: Yeah, there will always be the football team to me, though.
0: Football team is the way to go. They they should have just stuck with that. All right, well, thanks very much for joining me, Yaxie, and have a good rest of the week. You too.